0: We are the tellers of stories, you and I. It is our hands that paint the paths that heroines and heroes tread, our words that spell their doom. This is the canvas we pull our brush across, and these are the worlds we weave. Fellow weavers, welcome. Before we get started, I just want to acknowledge that as of the recording of this episode, our 46th president was sworn into office yesterday. There were several uplifting and hopeful speeches given, but none more beautiful than youth poet laureate Amanda Gorman's poem, The Hill We Climb. I'll put a link in the show notes. I very much recommend you check it out. Anyway, here's to hoping Joe's world-building style isn't so grim, dark, and dystopian as Donnie's. Folks, this episode I am treating as a kind of follow-up to episode one. A part two, if you will. I have a late barkeep submission I want to talk about possible connection between characters in the horror world, and some issues I want to address. I have no guests to join me this time around, so it's just little old me. I'm hoping to have a guest or two next episode. First, let's get some housekeeping out of the way. It has become clear that a possible issue with the concept of this world-building experiment is the variety of subgenres in each of the three world settings we are building and the complications that can cause. For example, Say I get two submissions for the sci-fi world, one set in the not-too-distant future with scientifically plausible technology and located in our solar system, a la The Expanse, the other set in a distant galaxy with science that is at a magical, miraculous level and where Earth isn't even mentioned, a la Star Wars. It's certainly not impossible to create an explanation as to how these two inhabit the same cosmos. However, it is unlikely to be an elegant solution, and certainly won't make our jobs any easier when we finally convert one of these worlds into a setting for our game. The same sort of example can be given for the fantasy and horror settings as well. What I don't want is for you, our faithful listeners, to feel bound by what came before as you write your ideas. I don't want you to have to study previous submissions in order to keep yours faithful to the world to which you are trying to contribute. I certainly encourage you to link your ideas to ones that have been featured in past episodes, but I also want you to know that if your idea is completely removed from any previous entries, even contradictory, it is just as possible that I will choose to feature it in an episode as it is any other. So with all that in mind, how we will handle it for now is to not consider submissions featured in the episodes as set in stone, canonized chronicles of the worlds being built but rather to look at these genre vaults in which we place your chosen ideas more like nebulous realms of possibility, places from which worlds can eventually be born. I am also wide open to ideas and suggestions, so please drop me a line if you feel you have solutions. Another issue that occurs to me is that some of you might not feel comfortable using email to send in your submissions. I absolutely understand this, I don't want it to be a barrier to you sharing your imagination. I have set up a blog where I will post the most current spark. To submit your idea, simply comment on the post. I have it set to require my approval, so don't be alarmed if it takes a while to display. The blog will also be where you can go to read previous sparks and the listener ideas they inspired. You can find the link in the show notes. I've been thinking about the two barkeep submissions in our horror vault from episode one and have entertained a what-if scenario that could possibly connect the two. If you remember, John from the Tale of the Manticore podcast submitted Old Gabria of the White Sticks Tavern as his barkeep, a kind-eyed old woman who waits for a man from her past to someday find his way to the tavern's door. Having left his submission pretty much as wide open as I just described it, Kevin and I speculated that Gabria had established the White Sticks Tavern as a trap to ensnare this man she awaited, a man who had done her wrong in one way or another, and she intended to serve him the vengeful justice she felt he deserved. We also talked about Eddie, a contribution from our own Kylan Wiggin. He is the proprietor of Wanderhome, a bar that is not quite of our space and time, but that you might find yourself entering by walking through just about any door in the world. Eddie will happily tell you the story of a customer asking him to lift the silk band of cloth he always wears to cover his eyes. Eddie did so, and when this customer saw Eddie's eyes, some kind of change occurred that allowed the customer to, in Kylan's words, end an entire world. So, what if the world Old Gabria comes from is the one this customer of Eddie's destroyed. Gabrielle was somehow in our world when it happened, and she feels it is her duty, and her right, to avenge her former home and all who once lived there. What if she knows this man is consumed by the desire to find Wanderholm again, and to have Eddie somehow lift this curse from him? She has discovered that the first time he entered the otherworldly bar, it was by walking through the door of the White Sticks Tavern. She knows he will eventually come to her, and when he does, her trap will spring, and vengeance will be hers. I'm pretty fond of this what-if exercise, and as our three vaults fill with your ideas, I intend to make this a regular segment on the show. If you have ideas on how to connect previous submissions, please let us know. In the spirit of the Weaver theme, let's call this segment Connecting the Threads. A late barkeep submission comes from Leonte on the Worlds We Weave blog, and it is a doozy. I almost want to give a graphic material warning, but it's really just a touch of the gross in this one. In any case, you've been warned. Long ago, as alchemy began, there was a dwarf named Flagle, a friend to many seeking the elixir of life. Each time an alchemist would wander into his party, drowning their failure in alcohol. Flagel would joke, The only elixir of life I've ever found was a double pint. Then it struck him. Perhaps the elixir was not a potion, nor a stone, nor a magic at all, but a liquor. Using his home and bar as a brewery, he began conducting secret experiments to reach immortality through inebriation. Using all his resources, he searched far and wide for ingredients. He trekked the abyss for fermented ooze. He spoke with dragons for their secrets. It became his life. Finally, after many decades, he thought he had done it. Through a draconian brewing process, he had finished his final draft. A 240-proof mint whiskey. Yes, it was 120% alcohol. He called his invention Flagle. For he was a master mixologist, not a linguist. And it worked. After nearly a century, Flagel sipped his flagon of Flagel and instantly died. He was so quickly smashed that his soul ripped from his body, but too impure to return to the spirit realm. Flagel himself and his Flagel were lost to time. His legend was slowly forgotten. But Flagel lives on. In every tavern, there is a barkeep by the name of Flegel, a clever pseudonym. Inexplicably, he knows the gossip of every town that has a tavern. He will pour you a pint and tell you what you need to know. The only thing he will never tell is who he truly is, nor any of his stories. For Flegel is actually the ghost of Flegel, making the best of his Terran entrapment, but terrified that one day his concoction may be discovered again. Of course, there is a whisper in the wind. Ancient elders remember snippets of a legend. I've heard of a shot that smells like your mother's womb. Hail as old as time, brew as it can be. I tasted it, body like river troll snot and racehorse piss, and a disgusting undertone of cinnamon. Alas, only legends now, buried by time. And sand, and dirt, and the Eastern Kingdom, frankly. Hope those catacombs don't go too deep. (laughs) Ah yes, the classic, be careful what you wish for trope. I love it. Well done, Leante. What I didn't read was his explanation that flagle, or should I say Flegel is a non-player character in his fantasy role-playing game setting. If you happen to be a player in one of Leontes' fantasy campaigns, you may have met Flegel before, perhaps more than once, and to your characters, great confusion. But applying his concept to our very young fantasy world, I can imagine this undying spirit having some kind of influence over those who choose the barkeep profession, the reality behind a patron saint of ale-slingers a mystic connection between bartenders far and wide. His subtle influence redirects their attentions when they begin to stumble across dangerous brews and concoctions. His whispers help fill in the gaps in their knowledge of news and gossip. We could connect the threads to Kevin's episode one submission, Thimbles, the sole proprietor of the Clockwork Tavern and Inn. Perhaps, after Thimbles had opened the clockwork, Flagel began whispering in his ear, and for a while he thought he was going mad until a fellow barkeep visiting from the far side of the city sat at his bar. After introducing himself and gawking in wonder at the mechanical marvel of the establishment, the two got to chatting. Eventually, at a lull in the conversation, the man said, Tell me, Mr. Thimbles, and leaned in. Lowering his voice, he continued, Have you heard the whispers yet? And in this way, Thimbles learned the legend of Flagel, his arcane fate, and his lasting influence on all who tend bar. Thanks again, Leonte. An excellent addition to the world. Weavers, there is still time to submit ideas for next episode's spark. A holiday. Perhaps an annual celebration of the hero knight who sacrificed himself to single-handedly bring an end to the war of the ages. Or a clandestine observance by the hooded cult members who meet every new moon in the library conference room. Or a bowing of heads and singing of a song by the asteroid miners in remembrance of their champion whenever the twin suns align. Email your submissions to aifling at com, or find this spark on the World's We Weave blog and put your idea in the comments. Both are in the show notes. Well, that wraps up our second episode. If you've enjoyed The Worlds We Weave, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform, Podchaser, or tweet us at TumbleDye. I'll read any reviews into the announcements. We'd love to hear from you. The Worlds We Weave is a production of TumbleDye Games, LLC. Our intro music was Sons of Loki. Our outro music was Mimer's Advice, All Father's Hope. And Flagel's background music was Thimblewinter all by Vince Vept. Our transition background was One Small Rover by Alexander Nakarada. See more information on these generous and talented musicians in the show notes. This episode was produced and recorded by me, Andy Flake. If the opposite of ultimate is immediate, and penultimate means second to last, does that mean the second of something is the penimmediate? You can find The Worlds We Weave and Threat Dice on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Now, get to weaving.